podcast is out. The age of independence is here, where the next generation of high-performing agencies transform the agency landscape. I'm a mom, a businesswoman, and mega startup coach. This podcast is all about you, the agency owner, stepping into the new wave of opportunity, knocking out the competition in the modern market. This is the Age of Independence Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Agar. Welcome to the show. Hi, agents, and welcome back to the Age of Independence. I'm Caitlin Agar, your host, and thanks for tuning into the show. We're talking all about the wave of opportunity that's available to you in the independent world and um, how you can grow and scale your agency in the modern market without losing the heart and soul of your agency. So um, if you're newer to the show, thanks for tuning in and um, catching up on this great content we have coming out. I'm super excited for you to meet the guests that we have today. And if you haven't had a chance to hit subscribe yet, make sure that you follow so you can get those little alerts on your phone Monday mornings when new content pops up from the show. And um, thanks for joining us. I want to welcome our special guest to the show today. Um, Kat, how are you? I am good. Loving life in Columbus, Ohio. This is like the nicest time of the year for us is that first few days that you're, you know, kind of getting into fall. So we're back in the office a little. So like team is coming around and everybody comes in in the morning, you know, a little slow to wake up because it's chilly and they have their coffee and it's, it's like the best time of the year in every sense, you know? (laughs) It doesn't feel like that in Texas yet, but I see it happening on the calendar. So it's still in the 90s here. We don't have that crisp fall like feeling in the air yet, but um, Facebook and Instagram keep showing me like fall fashion in my yes. feed. So I know it's coming. And we've so only Kat- been at it, I would say, like the last week or so. So we're not terribly far ahead of you. It's just starting. Oh God, so hot and so miserable. Like, you know, a high pressure zone or something like sad and just dumped heat and too much sunshine and everything was just way too toasty in Columbus. So we're not done with summer yet, but it's like that glimmer of hope. Like it feels like back to school season, you know? It's just, it does. It's reminiscent. It's just nice. It does. And Kat, you have, um, you're familiar with the agency intelligence platform. You've chatted with the other podcast hosts before. So make sure that you, Catch Kat's um, recent episode with Ryan Hanley, and you're with Agency Zoom. So tell us about your title, your role there, and a little bit about Agency Zoom. I know a lot of our listeners are familiar, but in case some of them are new to your platform, um, Quantum has been big fans of Agency Zoom for a long time. And in fact, Tolga was the first person that I interviewed on the podcast when it launched about a year ago now. So I'm super excited to come full circle and invite you on the show. Oh my God, that's so fun. Tolga is actually how I got exposed to Agency Zoom. I was at a conference years ago at one of the first InsureTechs I was at. And this crazy Turkish man comes up and like takes my steamer like off the table because he's, you know, (laughs) fantastic and so high energy and just like very attentive to detail. He needed to steam his background of his booth and like his package or something. So that was how we first met. And um, I got involved then in... 2019 at the end of the year the team was ready to expand into the independent channel and they were just you know looking for someone that was going to lead sales at the time they're like, Tolga awesome at it 
Mo was running a lot of the demos. The two of them would still host like all group demos. Um, we had a huge footprint in the Allstate channel and they were looking for somebody that had, you know, been there, done that in the independent channel. So I came on and started with sales and slowly, but surely almost every like six months somehow acquired another business unit that like sales was either like tripping over or dominoing into. And they're like, yes, cat, cat, you, yeah, you should do that. And then I'm like, okay. Or I'm like, guys, why are we doing it that way? And they're like, well, great question. Like, why don't you fix it? Like, you know, so <laughs> through me being nosy and inquiring and, you know, us just growing at the rate we have, we've been bringing on about 200 new agencies a month since the beginning wow. of 2020. Congratulations. Congratulations. Yes. The sales team started about a month after I did, got them recruited and got them into place. And I took them about a month to get up to steam because it was December. You know, everybody's out on holiday. They're in and out. They're learning. Um, So it took them a little bit to get going. But I mean, pretty much after that, we have been on the move. And, you know, that has obviously greatly impacted how our business functions and, you know, whose responsibility was it to make sure that customers are successful? Uh, what's the difference between customer success versus customer support? Wow. Um, marketing, you know, when you have that many clients, mm-hmm. there's a big difference between current client marketing and, you know, just bringing on new sales marketing, you know, new labels. So yeah, so it's, it's been, it's been a fun stretch. We're right near my two year anniversary um, in the house here. <laughs> Congratulations. Happy two year anniversary. And you just keep getting more responsibility thrown in your lap. So it must be a sign that you just have the magic touch when it comes to all things, sales and marketing and people operations. We'll see. Let's hope. Haven't uh, messed up anything too badly yet. If you talk to Mo, admittedly, he'd say that I like don't buy people their computers fast enough. And oh my God, I hate every administrative task around HR. (laughs) love recruiting think it's so fun but as soon as they get there and he's like cat so-and-so is going to need a monitor like they don't want to just work off of their laptop i'm like oh okay yeah I, I, I can get them one of those um so yeah that's really fun or like the how you collect like passports and stuff like on their first day mm-hmm. to like confirm that they're a citizen or like have a u.s work visa like those are all oh that admin work will just sucks the energy right out of you. So yeah, it takes all the fun of recruiting and just makes it like very administrative. So yeah, it, admittedly, there are things I've bumped into that I don't love or don't execute on as thoroughly, but mm-hmm. all in all, it's been very, very fun. And I'm very grateful, you know, for the opportunity that the co-founders gave me. I very early on in being here, um, joined the leadership team with the three of them. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been a lot of fun. That's so exciting. And I want to hear all about it because you guys just keep growing and growing and reinventing yourselves. And I just love seeing the new projects that you're working on. Uh, One of the things uh, that you mentioned is recruiting. And that's a topic that I really haven't delved into on the age of independence yet. And I don't know how we made it a whole year listeners without really diving into recruiting because it's a integral part of team building, growing and scaling. And it's something that I love being a part of at Quantum as well. And I know that you've taken kind of a unique approach to it. So um, tell us a little bit about your team culture at Agency Zoom, because I feel like you guys have a really unique vibe and it seems like it'd be a pretty cool place to work. Yeah. So team culture wise, a lot of it comes from like recruiting the 
I'm going to call it the ballpark of the right people at the beginning. Cause day one, when I got here, I had a month before I needed my first five sales hires and you can bet I was not about to like go wrong with that. You know, those are such early key hires that I was going to bring in like the best people for the job. Um, and then we took the time um, about middle of last year uh, to really carve out what our core values were. And that has dramatically impacted like the company culture across different business units. Sales not no longer outright at odds with marketing. Um, marketing not feeling like they weren't supporting customer success. Customer success and customer support, like having a good handoff. Mm-hmm. Those things all came from our core values. But before we were able to even establish those, not that we didn't still have a compass in hand and know what direction we were going in, but before we could really establish those, we had to figure out what's on our, you know, likes list, which what's on our love list, what's on our not doing that again list. It's kind of like dating. Like, you know, we kind of had to date some employees to figure out like, oh, you, uh, you, you never shave your beard like that. That's all it knows. <laughs> like, I don't like scruffy burn. Like, eh, that's, that's enough for me. You know, so that was kind of like where we started. And then we established now seven core values, which all of our teams operate on. And they do peer reviews every quarter. So there's no, your manager feels one way, your manager's manager feels another way, or you feel one way about your performance. It's not your actual KPIs. It's all reflective on your core values. Wow. And they do that. And then their manager reviews that with them. Um, And then I review with the manager, like how their team is trending. You know, do you have somebody on your team that's just constantly at odds, you know, or Caitlin and Kat just always cat fighting with each other. (laughs) (laughs) We take care of that kind of stuff during those. And then after the managers have gone through it and looked at the trends on their teams, their team members, you know, rate their performance very similarly to those core values. So that sounds intense. Yeah. um, It's, it's an awakening. Um, How does the team feel about it? I think they remember um, that there's mm-hmm. more to your job than just showing up, you know, like our support team is held to responding on average in three minutes and that they have to have a 95% CSAT score. They have metrics. My sales team has quota. My marketing team knows how many leads have to hit our website that are new and how many have to attend a demo. They have those metrics and those are black and white, you know? Aside from something obviously being dramatic that it truly impacts their life and, you know, we would have to race through that, those are black and white. This core value portion, though, is what makes your team have faith in the leadership team and have faith that the company is growing in a direction that they want to stay a part of it or on the opposite side of it, that it helps them identify that they're maybe not a good fit. You know, if I'm an average performer on the sales team, And then I get my core values 360 review from my peers and my peers are all like, "Mm, (laughs) and my quota is "Mm, that's okay. It's going to kind of dawn on me in a different way without ever having to have this sheer, you're not a good fit. We need to part ways conversations. It allows somebody to better orient themselves around. I'm allowed to be okay in this environment. Um, but that might mean this is not a long-term fit for me. And it gives us a chance to either coach them up or coach them out without it being attached to one specific thing. Cause like how often do you have somebody who's an average performer on paper 
and you say, God, they just show up with a bad attitude every day. Like, yeah, you're meeting your expectations on your numbers, but you're just a brat. Like you're difficult, you know, or vice versa. You can have some people that are exceptional performers, you know, rockstar salespeople we hear about all the time that have a chip on their shoulder and are just turds. Like this takes care of a lot of those problems. Like great job. 120% of quota. You got a average of a one out of five stars on your peer reviews. Like this is still not going to work out. Sorry. Whoa. So the first time you rolled this out, what was the team's response? Were they a little like on edge about like hearing their peers, honest feedback? I know you keep it confidential, but still having to hear those things is probably hard for everyone. We coached our managers on it a lot because the managers are the ones that say like, Hey, Kat, this is what, you know, your team thinks of you. So we coached our managers on it a lot. The other thing, you know, kind of getting back to the concept of dating, our seven core values were established by our team. So we did an activity that focuses on their best life experiences and their worst life experiences. So like highs and lows. And then we had them rate, you know, in your lows, what values were devoid in absence of family, in absence of community, in absence of money. You know, it, it might be any common thing. What things, when you were having your highest of highs, getting accepted to college, you know, playing your varsity football game, like what types of things were there? Camaraderie, you know, teamwork, trust, passion, like execution, like, all right, what are those things? So they gave us those, and then we narrowed those down to commonalities, and then we built them into a business process. So those seven core values were really built by the team. So that's where like the dating environment to like get some people in the room at least Mm -hmm. um, was important because from there on out, it really has been driven by them now that we had identified the people that we wanted to build our core values and our company around. Um, So they're really, they set the metrics that they then set themselves accountable to. And there are still times, like I said, we trained our managers a lot on it. There are still plenty of times that it's uncomfortable but there's quite a lot of honesty to that discomfort, you know? Well, you picked it. You said you wanted to be measured in inches instead of centimeters. It's your ruler. You know, you've decided what it means to be here and means to you. You're now going to be held accountable, you know, to your own measurements. So what are these seven core values? Can you unveil them for us? Am I, I think, am I allowed to swear? I know the first one, but (laughs) if it's a core value, I guess. Oh, I, uh, we're recruiting um, our entrepreneurship cohort. We just finished up recruiting and had their first day. And I had a Christian university ask me to amend it. And they said, can we bleep this out? They're like, we'll just put underscore, 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 underscore. And I'm like, no, you can't bleep it out. You're going to make it worse. It's give a shit. Okay. <laughs> and I'm like, but if you bleep out, give a shit to give up blank, blank, blank. You're going to think it's something else. Yeah, it get a lot worse. I'm like, ah, no, let's just get, like, let's just take that one off, I guess. Um, so yeah, give you guys take that one because it just clears the fog and it's like, guys, this is, let's be real. <laughs> yeah, it was dance frank. around it like we're yeah. here to take this seat. It was frank, the level of candor of saying shit, you know, is like, oh, huh. Yeah, I, I guess we're not going to be um, demure and embarrassed by what we're talking about. It's, you know, it's, no, it's, it's shit, you know, give a shit. <laughs> so, yeah, it was, that was one of them. Um, another one that I have really liked is master your craft. So this okay. idea that you're continuing to pursue whatever your endeavor is was really cool. Um, make life epic. I fought for that one. They're all three words. 
Um, I fought really hard for Make Life Epic. We give our team a $500 bonus every year to go do something they've never done before. So like one her kids to the aquarium. Cause she's like, you know, if it was up to me, I can't afford a hotel room for all, like she's got three kids. Mm-hmm. I can't afford to like take them to this very nice aquarium and like take a day off work. It's kind of a lot. Yeah. You know, one of those things that's on your like, I wish I would list, but you just never quite get to it. Cause there's that a lot of times like a $500 or so barrier to ah, that's mm-hmm. just a little pricey. So Make Life Epic is, you know, you show up and you work really hard and we're really grateful. Let's take things off the list, you know, the I wish I could list and like really make something out of it. So I love that one. And that was one where we could obviously set up incentivization to make sure our team followed through on it based off of obviously. That's cool. Um, So give a shit, master your craft, Make Life Epic, do the unexpected. I'm a total weirdo. You and I have talked enough now. (laughs) probably some amount of people listening know that. So do the unexpected is like not only just going above and beyond, but like approaching things in a quirkier, like more unique way and looking in, mm-hmm. looking at it through that lens. Uh, like keeping, what can I do differently that no one else is doing? What yeah. can I bring to this that's fresh and creative? Yeah, for sure. Um, figure it out. That one, I don't mm-hmm. know, it's explanatory, but sometimes people, you know, wait on someone else to answer. Um, and, you know, not that we want people to rush to a conclusion, but I do want you to actually spend some time trying to figure it out. You know, the more stressful the process is to figure something out, that gives me feedback as a leader in our organization that we have to better support you. We have to create a better process. So the the value of figuring it out for yourself, you know, not all the way through, but at least figuring it out or making an attempt to is pretty important keeping it simple. That was one that we like put out there for our users at the rate we're growing. And the fact that our space like agency zoom, you know, we talk about it here and there. And Ryan made fun of me when I visited with him. We're not really a CRM. We are, but that's kind of boring. You know, it's like, Oh, CRMs run reports. Well, what do you do with reports? You download them, you print them off and people call down them. Like, no, that's like, that's not what we do. So keeping it simple as we begin to like expand all this functionality, mm-hmm. I think of defining a category for ourselves felt really important. And then there's one more and it's give a shit, master your craft, figure it out, make life epic, keep it simple, do the unexpected. Oh, speak your mind. That, you know, there, it's always that last one that escapes me too on our belt. I'm like, yeah. oh, again. <laughs> I'm like, I'm missing something. We have this like little rotary dial that's kind of yes. emoji on it that of course I love. <laughs> you can't tell which one's my favorite, you know? Um, so like, yes, it's um, speak your mind. And that's, you know, whether it's on behalf of one of our users or talking to your manager, there's nobody, obviously we have to have organizational structure, but there's nobody necessarily more important than anyone else like so whether it's hey you're being a turd and you're frustrating or like hey I need your help on this like getting it out there and like speaking through and working through your thoughts to us is just you know fundamental at the rate that we're growing again like a lot of this is based off of how fast we're moving as a company our growth and making sure people are growth oriented or who are joining us you know if somebody here's figure it out and they're a corporate person and they like to have their little process and their little regiment it's going to self-select, you know, they're going to be like, Oh God, that's a lot of ambiguity. I need out of here. (laughs) I I think they line up really well. And the team gets rated. They are like, they do their peer reviews 
and they rate on a scale of one to five. One is you negatively impact your whole team. Two would be you're negatively impacting me. Three is you're, I think, positively impacting me. Four is you're positively impacting the team. And five is you're positively impacting the company. So Mm -hmm. it's already a weighted scale. Like if you are negatively, if you're a one and you're negatively impacting your team, there is no opportunity to be a zero and to negatively impact the company. We're going to have a lot of conversation if you're a one already. If it's a two, you're negatively impacting me. That can just be people rubbing each other the wrong way. You know, and you're going to have some mix again, as you get bigger and bigger, that personalities are going to collide. You know, so we can we can shrug off a two. I expect people to be in the three range of you're positively impacting me as your coworker. Fours are great. You're positively impacting your team. That's how I can look at somebody and say you're managerial, you know, material. You're somebody who we can make a team lead, you know, a player coach environment. Um, and then you're positively impacting the company means when I think about how you're doing, I think about you making a positive impact with a different team. If you're on marketing, you're helping the sales team. If you're on sales, you're helping the customer success team. You are going outside of your job duties that your manager normally assesses you at, and you're doing something else for someone else that it doesn't really pay off. You know, it's not just a direct payoff in the same way. Absolutely. And they all work together so much, but what you said that stood out to me was uh, what the startup environment is like for your company and this fast growth culture that you have and how some people just aren't going to thrive in that kind of atmosphere. And I absolutely love the startup world. My husband and I love insurance startups. It's so fun starting something new and you just, um, you don't reach a lot of those phases where things feel stale or boring or super duper predictable. And it can feel so adventurous and you get to tackle new things and climb new mountains but that comes at a price that comes with, you know, growing pains and having to just figure things out sometimes. So like, I'm, if you had to describe what it's like working in the startup world, how would you boil that down to a nutshell and describe it to someone? Overworked and understaffed. <laughs> <laughs> you said even like my role here. I have taken on new responsibilities because they were an opportunity for us to grow and for me to get a lot of experience. It is not uncommon. You know, I was in our office today at 630 in the morning and I am not done with my day until nine o'clock. I have my last meeting with a West Coast agency at five o'clock. It's going to go an hour and I'm not going to be done till nine. Like I love it. And there are people that are going to love it. And there are going to be people that are absolutely wonderful people and they're going to hate it. And that does not change, you know, the quality of human being they are. It just means they're not great for a startup. And the understaffed part is like a whole thing in and of itself, especially if you're bootstrapped, which is, we are, we never took any external investment or anything. Congratulations. Always so cautious because you don't want to hire somebody and then have them lose their job. You know, you don't want to make a hire that you say, well, I think we need this person. So let's hire them and see how it goes. And then six months in, you're like, you're an awesome person, but we can't afford you. We don't actually need you. You don't ever want to have to make that choice. On startups, you recruit so heavily on the pedigree of your leader, the company and its values. 
as soon as you bring somebody in that shares your values and the deficit is that you didn't do everything else to have that value commonality and that the leader didn't have their back, you lose all of that instantaneously. You know, I can't pay the biggest paycheck. I, I know means are every single one of my people like ritzy, you know, and living like the fanciest life. It's not always the glamorous things that we see on LinkedIn, you know, where somebody gets VC funding and gets $50 million. It's not always that. And I, I think that's where we actually can like, I don't want to say commiserate, but like feel very similar to our agencies. You guys also, you know, we struggle as agencies even to decide when's it time to hire. We don't get big VC checks, you know, as agency owners either. So I, I think that's probably one of the things that, you know, we can share. There have been moments we put off hiring on our customer support team for a little while, hoping we'd be back from COVID. I will admit I made the wrong call there. I was hoping we'd be able to bring the team in and we'd get to recruit in person again, which we do better mm-hmm. than in person. I thought we would get to train them in person, which our product is very elaborate. So to train people that then can regurgitate training to you yes. guys is hard. And I'm like, all right, we only have one more month in COVID. Nope. All right, two more months. Come on, we can do it. By the time I recruit these people and bring them on and they give a two weeks notice, it'll be fine. We made the wrong call. And then my team that was here, they had to be really bought in because admittedly, they were overworked. You know, they were covering for extra people. They were working longer hours. They weren't able to hit their three minute response time KPI. Um, so yeah, I, I think the I don't think it's shameful. I think it's like the reality of it, but um, understaffed and overworked is very much it. And then when it's time to recruit, it's like really time to recruit, like get your shit together. Let's go. (laughs) Hey, loyal listeners. When you hear me say CAS certified, that means that we use them in our agency. Are you a local insurance agent looking to take your business to the next level, write more business and see your agency succeed with NBS? aka nationwide brokerage solutions but like in today's world we use these initials like it's cool because it is it's hip at nationwide brokerage solutions they offer the challenges local agents face in the constantly changing market that's why they offer a wide array of personal and commercial markets and policy options to help you meet the needs of your customers no matter how unique they may be with a team of experienced and dedicated professionals that provide you with the support and the guidance you need to see your agency succeed. Nationwide Brokerage Solutions is here to support you every step of the way. Don't you survive in the competitive insurance industry? Thrive with Nationwide Brokerage Solutions today. Get started today and learn more at mbsbrokerage.com. That's where you learn more, mbsbrokerage.com. Cash certified. Well, let's go. Yeah, I love that passion and that's the reality of it, Kat. I mean, um, sometimes it's it's not easy and it's not glamorous, but you're doing something big. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of pride that comes into like, wow, that was really hard and we did it. And yeah. that sense of accomplishment that you get, because you're not just trying to keep a ship that was already afloat, just like chilling. <laughs> you're not treading water. Somebody didn't hand you a giant company on a silver platter. We're building something new that gets greater and greater every single day. And so it's just totally worth it to put up with those moments that really suck and the parts that are really hard and the moments where it's like, oh, this is not fun. 
Because at the end of the day, when you do finish something that was really, really hard, honestly, I think you feel a lot better about it than when we just do something monotonous or mundane. I get the startup high, had it today, admittedly, you know, talking about recruiting and stuff. We struggled to recruit customer support. I love salespeople. I can like go find a salesperson any day of the week. I know how to motivate a salesperson. I have my own sales career to lean back into and say, listen, I was successful. Like I'll make you meet. I can do that. Support. They like live off the grid. I like can't find them to bother them and say like, Hey, let's even go get coffee or drinks and talk. Um, what motivates them is much different. They are normally a more consistent person. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like that's what we've done well with at least. Um, so we, you know, procrastinated hiring, not in a sense of like, just not getting it done, but thinking that it was going to be the right decision. And then we struggled to hire it. We struggled to find good candidates that we felt really confident in at first. So it took from April 20th, it was my husband's birthday, all the way until about a month ago for us to find five people that we said, we're going to hire these new five people. They're going to get along. They're going to be impactful. And they're going to change the way that we even vision our customer support team. I then learned also from the mistake of like, oh, this is really difficult to hire. And we built now an entrepreneurship cohort. So I said, if I can't find these people, God damn it, I'm going to make these people. So we brought in a cohort now of nine juniors and seniors to intern with us. And they're going to rotate between our marketing team, our sales team, our customer success and support team. They get invited back every semester as they age out. If they've done two semesters with us, we're guaranteeing them a job. I'm going to try and get away from this like overworked, understaffed environment. We'll see if I can get ahead of it. You know, we're fortunate now that we have, you know, a little money to play with that we could do that. Totally. Yeah. We're really excited about it. So now I'm, you know, just making my own candidate pool because I'm good fishing in the marketing and the sales candidate pool. I am admittedly God awful in the customer support pool. So I'm like, you know, I'll just start digging my own lake. The next time I need a fish, I'll go get it out of my damn damn lake. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's, I, again, that's kind of one of those worlds where I like live by that do the unexpected and I'm just being weird, but uh, I'm really excited. We asked our customers, our agencies that are in Ohio, we said, do you know somebody who's in college, you know, and they're a business major, or they're a communications major, graphic design, and they need experience, you know, and they need to take things off their list as much as they need to put them on there. We said, look, you guys know somebody. And out of the nine people, three of them came from our agencies. One of my agencies sent in a girl that had played on his softball team. And he's like, absolutely wonderful. Coached her for years. She's so great. Love her. We had an agency owner that her daughter helps her over the summer with some marketing stuff. And she's like, she's a senior. She needs a resume booster. That's not just working at mom's agency. Like would love to talk to her. Very excited to have her on. And then we have one where the older sister has started her own agency in the captive environment. And she's like, my little brother is so great. He's a junior. I want to make sure he gets a good experience. And he's, she's like, I'm kind of curious about what you guys are doing over in the independent space anyway. So I'm going to introduce you guys to my little brother and he'll be my mole about what's going on in the independent space. So it's fun. I'm really, really, really excited about, you know, I guess digging my own pond again, because I'm a total loon and that's <laughs> fun, is create more, you know, 
jobs and responsibilities for myself. <laughs> well, you figured out that creative solution is part of your core values. And one of the laws of leadership is you are who you attract. So if you are this influential, outgoing, extroverted salesperson who knows how to build sales teams, and that's just where you thrive, then um, recruiting for some other roles might not work the same way and come as naturally. So I think that's a takeaway for our listeners is that different roles in your agency might have different natural talents and personality types and temperaments that are naturally drawn to that role. And so figuring out um, what type of person is going to be attracted to that role and how you're going to market that role for that person is going to make a huge difference. If you're hiring someone that's going to be focusing on quality assurance, compliance, carrier relationships, they might have a completely different personality than the person who is going to love on your clients and be your stable, consistent, like rock solid, just client nurturer person. And those two people might be a little different from your rock star salesperson. So I love that you're doing the peer reviews though, so that while everyone has the strengths where they're really, really strong, that you're also giving them time to hear about something they can work on because we all want to be a little bit more well-rounded. Yeah. And, um, I think that's a really neat take on it. I think people being self-aware too, of like how, how am I viewed? How, what do I enjoy? Like gets to the root of like, whether you're able to have an open, honest conversation that's in their best interest, you know? If it's who am I and I'm the only person that views myself that way, I'm going to have a distorted sense of reality. If it's just how does everybody else view me and like their manager, their leader does not know how they view themselves, same thing. So even in this entrepreneurship cohort that we've built, we had them interview with me first. I was like a little 15 minute spiel intro. Welcome to Agency Zoom bullshit. Um, And then... We had them pick. We said, there's three managers. You're going to report to all three of them throughout the experience. But whatever team has the most ambiguity to it, that you're the least confident in, I want you to talk to that manager. What team is it? And they all got to pick. They said, I don't feel good about sales. I have no clue what sales is. It sounds scary. Or I'm a data analytics person. And oh my God, marketing sounds so fluffy. I can't do it. So they talked to that manager. And then their last step of the interview was to talk to the person most like them. We had them talk to our closest recent grad in that department. So our sales team has somebody who's two years out of school. Our marketing team has a person that's just graduated, you know, last spring. And then our customer success team also has somebody who just graduated in the spring on it. So that college student got a chance to like speak up for themselves. Like they got to hear what we were about. They got to self-identify of, yeah, yeah, this this seems like a pond that I want to go swim in. Um, and then they got to, you know, say like, all right, I'm going to kind of run a litmus test here. of I don't know if I like this, or I just don't know about it and meet a manager, somebody who can represent and articulate it well. And then they got to go meet the person that they are like most like, you know, that they view themselves most similar to and would maybe most emulate. And they got to figure out like, is this a good fit for us? And is it a good fit for them? And how do we feel about that? You know, and we still ended up with, uh, almost two hands full worth of people. So that's pretty cool. (laughs) Congratulations. That's such a huge accomplishment. And I have one last question for you, Kat, because I know that just just about any agency survey, agents are going to say that recruiting is one of the top two or three most challenging things for their agency. We know that we have to have the right people in the right seats. It's not always hard. It's not always easy to find them. And 
you do something that I think we can't downplay and that's booking face-to-face appointments with your candidates. So can you just tell us like why you do that at what stage of the process it's in? Because you're really excelling at bringing in people when you guys need to recruit. And I know that's a big step in the process. Yeah. So I admit it's a little more sales and marketing heavy than it is our customer support team. And some of that also was our customer support team was being recruited in the middle of COVID. So right. Based on the change. But sales and marketing, I have coffee at six or six 30 in the morning. Like Starbucks opens before local coffee shops here are like local coffee shops open at seven 30. So I will go to a Starbucks. I will sit and talk to somebody for 45 minutes at six 30 in the morning. Wow. I'll get in the car for 15 minutes and go to my next little coffee place. That's like closer to the office. I would sit there and talk to them for 45 minutes. And then my tush still shows up to my desk here at 9am. Like I do not miss working hours because there's, you know, Caitlin quantum is not necessarily nearly as needy. You guys are beyond self-sufficient, but there's a lot of agencies between nine to five. that are like, cat, cat, where are you at? And I'm like, Oh God, guys. And I do the same thing after work. You know, if I can, if it's recruiting season, I'm out of here by 5.30. I'm going to my first set of drinks, 45 minutes. I am moving on by like 6.30, 7-ish to meet somebody else for drinks. Wow. Showing up to the meeting, their energy level, just that initial culture fit. What questions do they ask? And their willingness to do it outside of work hours tells me if they're going to fit a startup mentality. And from there then, kind of a similar process. We have them talk to the manager of the team we're recruiting with. And I help all my managers pretty heavily still recruit. They talk to their peer. They talk to the manager again. And then they talk to me for their actual job offer. And we go over financial stuff, benefits, all that kind of stuff. So do you reach out to them on LinkedIn first? Is that how you first connect with them? Like I'll be at Starbucks at 630. Meet me there. (laughs) I mean, it's a little, like I say like, Hey, Caitlin, do you want to hang out? Uh, and then they're like, yeah, I guess, or no, please go away, you loon. Uh, but if they say, yeah, that's when, depending again, even on my knowledge around their experience is what time I will meet with them. If somebody, if I know the sales culture or the marketing culture, I will give them an easier time slot. Like I'll give them the 8 a.m. time slots. I'm like, ah, I don't have to put them to the test and know how motivated they are. I know their old boss, you know, somebody left that organization and I know their old boss and I know that person, you know, wouldn't have somebody that I wouldn't also feel comfortable with having on my team. Um, for those that I'm testing, they get the like 6.30 a.m. or the 7 p.m. slot. And I'm like, if you show up with bells on for either of those two times, it's a really good sign. Great first impression. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm a loon about it. Like when it comes time to recruit and we have open spots, again, in a non-COVID environment, it's four meetings a day outside of my nine to five. And my managers are doing the follow-up meeting um, a lot of times kind of on a similar schedule, you know, if it's a person we really want to woo, you know, if it's an extremely key hire, they'll go to lunch or they'll go to dinner. Um, but we maybe have three people right now that we hired to that degree. The rest of our team are, you know, coffee and drinks, one of the two and, you know, getting zoom calls in and getting to meet people or talking to their future peers. It's not complicated. It's just a process that you have to stay consistent with. So agents, I feel like Kat just kind of unraveled for us the secret to hiring the next top sales producer in your agency. And that is that you might not find that person on Indeed. Oh my God, no. I, I, 
<laughs> the customer support role on Indeed. If anyone is listening, except Indeed. Indeed, if you'd like to sponsor me and give me thousands of dollars, we can amend my statement that's about to follow. Guys, Indeed is such trash. It is such trash. It is so frustrating. I have had never had such a high no-show rate as I do on Indeed that I set aside 30 minutes and the person does not even show up for their Zoom introduction. I have like a bone to pick with Indeed. I also, I will say this, if you really ever need to recruit and you're working off of active candidates versus passive candidates and you're listening to this right now, you're already behind. I have taught like every single salesperson we've ever hired is a passive candidate. I have never taken in. We post the job and we'll talk to them, but I have never taken an active resume on our sales team. And I will not shy away from the fact that I am damn proud of that because we are working day in and day out to go after the people that we know are the highest performers and really great successful salespeople don't normally leave their jobs. They're making good money. They're happy. They have freedom in their lifestyle because they're at 120% quota. Their boss doesn't care if they don't come in on Fridays to golf. You know, it doesn't matter. So the people I really want to grow my organization with are not active candidates and they're definitely not active candidates on Indeed. I hate Indeed so much, so much. (laughs) So agents, we have to get on LinkedIn. We have to have an active LinkedIn profile. We have to be making connections and... Let's take Kat's advice and invite some people out to Starbucks this week and see who we can meet and get face-to-face with because there's no better sales tool for a candidate than just having a cup of coffee and talking to them about your agency, what you're doing to make an impact in your community, how you're making a difference. That's going to be inspiring to them. And there isn't anything you can say over email or any like phone interview situation (laughs) that's going to sell your agency to them just like your personality will. Yeah. So, the reality is too, and it's, it's frustrating, but it's a, it's a real check here is that in any given day, Caitlin, like you and I are technically competing with each other to recruit people. Dang. <laughs> but really though, like that sets in, you know, like I want probably a very similar personality to what you guys want. Like quantum is an exceptional organization. You are very inspiring. You go above and beyond with all of your content and your presence. Like, We want very similar people, like sitting down to coffee, we would recruit and enjoy and look for a very similar person. That's a hard reality. So when you think about what's truly happening in the job market, it's not, you're not competing just against the guy down the street that runs a car wash. You're really competing on a bigger scale. And if you think that you're competing against, you know, the fanciest company in town, if that's who you want to hire are the best people in your town, you probably are, but that takes a whole different level of commitment. And so this, you know, listening to this scares you off, like just imagine the person that's in town and does truly really cool things. Cause like I said, my salespeople do okay. My support people do okay, but they're not rich. There's plenty of commercial lines producers I know that are doing much better. (laughs) So We have to, we like, it's not necessarily fun, but it is a reflection on how much do you prioritize this process? You have to realize that there is a globalization right now in the job market and in the employee market. Um, And we're, you know, kind of all competing with each other. Even if somebody doesn't like it, if you go to a happy hour, you know, and you're like, well, everybody was nice there. I don't really like their product or I don't really like their company, but everybody was really nice. And a week later they meet with you and they're like, oh, I really like the company, but God, that guy is odd. Like, how is he going to be my manager? 
that is a reflection on everything that you're doing. So I think thinking about it through that lens that I'm not an insurance agent recruiting. I am a small business owner who has a sincere impact on my community. And I am truly trying to help your career and grow it is the lens that we should look through more. And it is such a highly competitive environment, but if you can get in front of the candidate and talk to them about how insurance changed your life and how passionate you are about them being able to buy their first home or change the trajectory of their children's education and the things that are important to them, then there's nothing about this challenge that you can't overcome. And so, yeah, it is challenging. It's challenging to find the right people that will stick with your agency. You're going to spend hours training these people. So anything I can say that would help you get in front of the right person and help you get that ROI, knowing how much time you're going to put into developing them, then that's what I'm here to, to help you know, spark ideas with. And just remember, no matter how daunting recruiting can feel, because it's such a long process and there's so many like downs along the way and you think you have the right person and then it doesn't work out. No matter how challenging recruiting feels right now or daunting, just remember that there's no problem you can't solve and start with the first thing. So if that is, you know what, I'm going to get active on LinkedIn today for the first time in a long time. Or if it's, you know what, I do know that guy that helped me buy my Honda van was really, really good. I'm going to go have a Starbucks meeting with him. Just start there. Reach out to me if you have questions. I'm always happy to give support or encouragement anywhere I can. And um, it's a learning process. Recruiting is a lot of trial and error. And I love that when you hit a wall, you try to figure out a creative solution and a way around it. So Kat, thanks for being really transparent about the parts where it felt like a failure along the way, where you're like, hey, this role was really hard to recruit for. And I didn't figure it out right away because I feel like the really neat thing about failure is it means we were trying something hard. So that's something to take a lot of pride in. Yeah, I am not here to say that recruiting is easy. What is easy and most of us already have as a skill though is networking you know, you insure somebody's small business, or like I said, we asked our clients for an intern intro. You guys can do the same thing. Like if you need help with your marketing, which plenty of us do, we need somebody to work on our website or post on social for us. Ask your clients. There's probably a kid that you insured their first car four years ago and a family, like you said, Caitlin, that you've been working with for years that they now have a senior in college. And you know, I don't think insurance is sexy by any means. There's very few of us that like intentionally go into it, but it is incredibly impactful. It's very heartfelt. And that's where I agree with your advice. Get yourself in front of people because they're going to see, oh, this is a small business. This is a livelihood. This is like a whole style of people that I really could, you know, get along well with. You know, this is not so much different than being a waitress than being a car salesman, you know, this is still very identifiable skills that are already in your network. So be active in your network, spend time, ask people even to just network with you around coffee and drinks. It's not going to hurt you. It's not going to be the end of the world. Most of us like beer and coffee. Um, You know, take that opportunity and go out there and start there. And like you said, start with your LinkedIn. You want people as you do try and introduce yourself to be able to have some grasp of, oh, okay, Kat's not a total creep in Loon. She's just a little bit weird. So like, you know, that's a good place to start is build yourself your own 
little brand or identity, at least that people feel comfortable meeting with you. And then just meet with people. It does not have to start with recruiting them. There's a lot of people that I have recruited over the years that it, you know, I met through like Columbus Young Professionals or Columbus yeah. in Sales. And the first 10 times I met them at little events here and there, it was never about them coming to work for me. So I, I think it, it doesn't have to be scary. It is like when it comes like pedal to the metal time, it's scary, but it gets scarier the less prepared we are, we are and the better prepared we are through networking and having our own identity as an agency, it gets less scary. So we can, you know, we can weigh those out. We can move the cons into pros ahead of time for us. Well, I love that you're living that value to just figure it out because recruiting can feel like a little bit of a mystery sometimes. And just like sales can, recruiting is so much like sales. And a common thread between your core values that stood out to me is the, like the personal accountability, just taking like ownership for what's in front of you. And so thanks for like sharing that with us today. I thought, I thought that was really inspiring. And um, gosh, thank you so much for the recruiting tips, the ideas. Um, I love what you're doing with team culture and that 360 peer review. So um, that just adds that additional layer of accountability to the team, but it really focuses on how we're impacting the people around us. So yeah. I think that's really neat. And kudos to you for the problems that you're solving um, for the agency world and within your company and for the impact that you're making on these new interns who are getting exposed to the insurance industry for the very first time. And I'm so excited to see them put down roots in the industry because it's such a life-changing career to have. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Um, I was teasing one of the managers earlier. They're like, I don't, I don't know if this is for so-and-so, you know, already of the group. They really want to do fashion merchandising and they're very impressive already at brand and marketing. I'm like, if five out of nine of them like consider insurance after they graduate and even three out of nine of them like do some insurance or do some insure tech, I'm like, I'm good with that. That's like 33%, which, you know, 33% of people right now graduating college are not considering insurance. So if I can get my little cohort minions up to that level and they go work for some of our agencies or at the other insure techs that are here in Columbus, there's a lot of them. Like I'm going to be really proud and really, really excited for them. So yeah. Well, if you have anyone who's just intent on moving to Dallas, Texas, you know where to find us. Anyone who freezes their little tush off his finger, I'm be like, hey, how about we do our next winter internship? You're going to go down and live with Caitlin down in Dallas. It'll be a lot warmer. You'll be a lot happier. <laughs> so funny. Well, thanks a bunch for coming on the show, Kat. Agents, thanks for tuning in and listening to us brainstorm about recruiting together. Let us know what's working for you. Send me a DM. Tell me, you know, what you're doing to reach out to find talent in your area. I, you never know where you might find that next top um, performer for your agency. So thanks for reaching out, for following the show, tuning in on Mondays. Uh, it's been great to connect with you guys and we'll talk to you next time. Thank you so much.